0: Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and today's episode is going to tackle a topic that every prospective MBA student needs to explore. And yet, I bet most of you tuning in have no idea that this topic is something you even need to know about. In short, we're going to talk about something called the case study method, which is a method of instruction used widely across top MBA programs. Some of you may already know that schools like Harvard Business School and the University of Virginia's Darden School use the case method um, almost exclusively in their classrooms. But the truth is that nearly every leading MBA program will use cases to some extent. So what is this method of instruction and why do you need to know about it as you embark on your MBA applications or plan to matriculate? To answer this and a host of related questions, we're fortunate to have James Quinn joining us today. And before we bring him on here, I wanted to give you all a quick kind of bio. Uh, Jim has 15 years of experience as a researcher, consultant, and case writer in the private and nonprofit sectors. While working as a senior researcher with Harvard Business School, he co-authored 35 case studies on strategy, marketing, finance, operations, negotiations, general, general management, and social enterprise. He then left HBS to found Case Study Co, which is a leading consulting and education firm known for its expertise in the case method. Case Study Co custom cases, advisory services, and digital learning content have been used widely in leading organizations around the world. Jim holds a BA from Middlebury College and an MBA from Yale SOM. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks
1: very much for having me, Graham.
0: It's my pleasure. This is another one of these, you know, we we do these episodes from time to time where we get to delve into a topic that we think is going to be super interesting to our audience as they kind of prepare to apply or even matriculate uh, at business school. So I'm really thrilled. um, And you've got, you know, such great firsthand knowledge here. So I think we need to start from the very beginning, though, um, because some members of our audience probably don't know a lot about the case method and so I wondered if you could just sort of explain like what is the case method of instruction and what is a case study which is the main tool that I guess is used in this method.
1: Sure Uh, and again thanks very much for having me today excited to talk about the topic. Um, From a most practical standpoint a case is you know a written document Uh, students receive two or three pages up to say 20 or 25 pages and it is really the story of a single organization. I think what attracts some students to this is that they're actually learning about real organizations. You might get a case on Tesla or IBM or Bank of America or an investment bank you know. so. A case focuses first on a single organization, typically, and then within that, there's a focus on a specific challenge or dilemma that one manager is facing, right? So if it's a marketing uh, case, it may be a marketing uh, manager looking to roll out a new product. It uh, might be a finance case looking at an investment decision or a valuation decision mm. and so on. So. Uh, It's very rooted in reality, which I think students like, and it's very specific to that organization and usually one functional group. Um, The idea is that the students really try and put themselves in the shoes of that manager that's facing the challenge. They think to themselves, what would I do if I were facing this challenge? What recommendations would I make? What steps would I take? And so on. And so it's a it's a fun, engaging learning process. It's challenging. There's sort of a lot in every case study, right? There's a lot of data. Um, when we go out to develop them, we interview, you know, up to a dozen people inside the organization, not just the main manager facing the challenge, but that person's team and people up and down the organization. There might be data brought in from third-party sources. You might have analyst report data, uh, again, financial information, and so on. So there's an array of data and information packed into a case. And for the students, they have to decide what's the important information, where do they want to focus uh, their attention as they work to solve a given case.
0: That is a yeah really terrific summary. I mean, I think I know that our listeners, when they start to look at business schools, they hear about the case study as one of the potential um, tools that that schools use to impart knowledge. They also hear about lectures or you know maybe team projects or you know that sort of thing too. Sure. But the case study is this kind of I mean it's a little mysterious because people don't really know. And I think that's a terrific summary to get us started here. I wondered if you'd um, <laughs> if you'd indulge me and sure. give me an example of a great case study and the knowledge that, you know, either it imparted to you as part of your MBA program, or even just, you know, one that you worked on that you think has a great kind of lesson in it.
1: Yeah, um, and I guess I'll start with one that I worked on. Um, There's a case on spider active sports. Um, It actually goes back to about 2004. Some cases students encounter are very current. Uh, Some go back in time a bit. But uh, Spider is a sort of high-end ski apparel uh, company you may know about. You can picture those very tight-fitting suits. They're multicolored. They have webbing on them and so on. (laughs) Uh, But they're for for high-end skiers, and the founder of the company was a national-level skier in Canada and so on. But, um, I mean, what made it an interesting case, apart from my interest in skiing, I suppose, is there's multiple layers to it. Uh, This was a company, the fundamental decision is the, the founder is ready to exit, right? He's 70 years old, and he's trying to decide, shall he sell his company at this stage? So there's a valuation piece, and this was taught in a finance class. What's this company worth? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other decisions around family transition that are layered in there. He's got two, two sons who work at the company, so what will their role be? What might his future role be? There had been a private equity firm that they had partnered with in the prior six or seven years that have grown revenues quite a bit from... I say ten million to sixty-one million. I think over time, so there's a nice layer in the case around the retail strategy that they pursued that was quite successful. Mm -hmm. Um, So the students, you know, I I think of good cases or great cases, as you say, they tend to have multiple layers. You know, there's different activities to focus on, and then there's the idea of synthesizing all of this to make uh, the best decision moving forward. So that was a that was a real fun one. from that standpoint, I think as a student, I actually remember, uh, I don't even remember the company, but I remember doing a case, uh, a couple of mining cases. I wasn't particularly interested or didn't know much about mining, mm-hmm. but the idea was it was the first time we used a decision tree hmm. to look at an investment decision. Uh, And so I just found the decision tree a very useful tool. It's something I continue to use in my work. So it made an impression there of actually looking at multi-stage decisions uh, in the face of uncertainty and trying to model that uncertainty, understanding the probabilities of certain events taking place, uh, and just uh, being able to provide a good structure to discuss that decision in the context of risk and return. So uh, those were some early experiences for me uh, in the case, case approach.
0: Great. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing those. I still can think back to cases that I experienced in business school. So I, and I think, you know, obviously everyone learns differently, Mm -hmm. but I know I, I personally really appreciated this idea of, you know, you take some of the things that you've learned in class and you get to see them playing out in a real business situation. I I just love that, you know, sort of, um, there's a real story you kind of identify with the protagonist in the case. And so I think it's terrific. Um, I guess that's a, that's a good segue into the next question I had for you, which is why do you think the case study method is an effective way to teach in business school?
1: Yeah. Well, I was just thinking as you were talking there, i think one of the things that can happen for students over time is you really hone your judgment and so you're going to be a manager one day or a consultant helping other managers or whatever role you're in but when you see a hundred or two hundred different company situations or more it increases your experience and kind of builds muscle memory in decision making Mm -hmm. and you see how decisions have gone well how they have haven't gone so gone so well so i actually think that sort of administrative judgment is a big thing that's honed uh, over the course of studying a lot of cases but i i also think you know there's certain benefits of working in a group right the the classroom kind of reflects uh, an organization in a way or it might reflect a team within an organization Mm. so as you recall from business school you're not necessarily making the decision alone you're working with your classmates to think through what the best course of action is so You know, learning to lead in those situations when it's appropriate, learning to follow and understand the ideas of other people, um, really building knowledge as a group is something that distinguishes cases. I, I think one thing people find surprising when they first read cases is that there's actually no answer in the case, <laughs> right? You, it, it doesn't tell you at the end what you should do, or there's no firm direction that you should follow. It just presents the problem or the challenge, and you actually have to solve it as a student. So. Doing that as a team, having the satisfaction of getting to a, a solution that you think would be a, optimal for the a group at the time is part of the fun of fun of it all, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll get into this in a, in a few minutes here, but I think, you know, just so that our listeners understand, you know, the cases are typically handed out in advance and everyone reads them and comes to class kind of with these sort of thoughts and as, you know, often... Um, As as Jim mentioned, you know, there's data in these cases. So you've often gone over that stuff and really thought about it so that you arrive in class with ideas that are then going to obviously evolve as you get into discussion with with classmates. But I wanted to ask you, I I think that there's this stereotype where if people do know about the case method, they think of it as being a Harvard and maybe a Darden um, thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because those schools almost exclusively use the case method as their um, method of instruction. Right. But Tell us a little bit. I mean do other schools use it because I I, we know the answer is yes But can you just talk about like what that?
1: Yeah, right, right. Absolutely. I mean, there's a great proliferation of cases uh, That's been going on for quite some time. If you're going to business school, you're going to use the case method Uh, It's almost unequivocal no matter where you go and that's whether it's a full-time program or a part-time program executive education uh, course and so on it's it's quite widespread I do think there's a myth that, as you said, because Harvard uses, that's basically all they do, almost all they do, people associated with it, and HBS also is a leading producer of cases, but in fact, uh, every business school uses them just to varying degrees and in varying ways. But it's actually one thing you have in common uh, with other MBAs from other programs when you graduate is that you've been through this case experience just as you and I were talking uh, beforehand about our own case experience. It's something that does connect you a bit. So they're everywhere. Uh, interestingly, they're also more and more used in undergraduate business programs. Hmm. Um, you see a lot of students encountering them that at that level. We've seen them in other fields. So for instance, uh, we've been asked to develop cases in the field of education. Uh, education says, why should cases just be the purview of business? You know, we, we want to be part of this experience. And so you're just seeing greater, greater involvement. Yale School of Management's actually developing cases that are online, hmm. uh, not just the printed version. So you're seeing new formats, and I think you'll probably see more of that to come. But hmm. no, it's, uh, it's a universal uh, mode of learning. The question is, what proportion of it will it be in your particular business school?
0: Yeah, and I can recall, um, you know, I remember I'd taken some kind of an advanced finance class at, when I was at Wharton, and, and you know, it was literally one day a week, we would have kind of a lecture, mm-hmm. and then the other day would be, we'd have to come in prepared to talk about a case, which yeah. is usually about evaluation, right? So, yes. you know, the schools use them in, in different ways. Yes. What I was going to ask you is, I you know, I remember the, the first time I sat down in business school and was presented um, with a case to go and read, mm-hmm. um, I was shocked. You know, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I still remember this. I was shocked. I'm sitting down yeah. in my first uh, one of my first core classes at Wharton,
1: right? And they
0: hand me a case and say, "Read this for the next class." And I look at it, and at the top of the page, it says Harvard business school. Mm. And I, and I was, uh, I'm like, why, what, what's this Harvard thing doing at once? Yes. So can you tell yeah. me why is it that HBS cases are kind of ubiquitous and really at almost all <laughs> the business schools? Like what, what's the deal there?
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember having that same experience and especially when they keep coming, you know, it's not just right. one or two, <laughs> right. but they often are quite yeah. uh, the lion's share of the cases you look at. I think there's something that's part of just being first into the game, into the case development game, right? I mean, they've been at it for over 100 years now. So as the first you know, mover here in the industry, mm-hmm. but also developing the capabilities over time where there's a deep research group uh, that supports faculty in developing them, you think about this Harvard publishing arm that can help distribute them. Yeah. So there's a lot of investment and in infrastructure there. So they've just created a volume of cases. There's a they tend to be uh, high quality. I mean, I, I think there's a quality standard to them. Um, many of them come with teaching notes. Mm-hmm. The faculty will get a teaching note to accompany it. Not that they'll teach it exactly the way the note explains, but at least will give them a. Taking off point for how you might teach it. So there's just some infrastructure around it and momentum. But I do know uh, many, many faculty have the same experience you had as a student and say, why, why should I be teaching somebody else's case? I can develop them myself. And there's more and more schools uh, promoting the development. Columbia is doing it, Stanford's doing it, Ivy, I believe, INSEAD. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's also a, uh, the groups don't tend to produce the same volume that HBS does. The um, The number that usually is thrown around is Harvard producing like 80% of the cases sold globally. I don't know if that's still accurate, but that was a number that's been used for years. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's just a part of... um, the school overall commitment to it over the years
0: yeah and i think you know obviously once you get into an mba program and start studying that you kind of you know i I wasn't paying close attention to that harvard logo after a while because it's just you know the the line that we were given was look harvard makes a lot of great cases they're good for instruction and we use them you know it's not a big deal so
1: yes (laughs) and and i would just say too graham there you know it's just a platform for learning as well, right? I mean, so different faculty teach them in different ways. Right. And a faculty member can bring to bear their research, uh, the, the way they might apply business theory to the case, uh, the way they might look at the case. So there's a lot of room for individual individual uh, modes of teaching around a given case. And they're, they're taught quite differently in different classes.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great point. Yeah. Um, so now I want to ask you, uh, you know, again, most of our listeners are hopefully going to be heading off to business school, whether it's this fall or next fall or, or, some, you know, sometime in the future. Yes. And they'd love to know, like, what's the best way to prepare for a case-based discussion? Because, you yeah. know, invariably they're going to arrive on campus. They're going to be given some cases to read, but right. what are your tips? Like what should one do when you're handed a case and, and told, come to class, ready to talk about this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, You know, what I say to students, we've worked with a lot of students over the years because it's not something that's taught, right? I mean, faculty don't teach you how to analyze a case per se. Right. Finance faculty is interested in the discipline of finance or, you know, marketing persons interested in marketing. So there's usually is this gap where nobody teaches you how to analyze a case. And I think students will find that some people are very good at analyzing cases no matter what class they're in. Uh, and some people, it, it really takes a long time and they don't, don't really get their arms around it. It can be till second year, till they really get a beat on it. So there's a lot of variability um, in student comfort with it. But I mean, I usually start by saying, you know, what do you want to show up at class having in mind? Um, and I, you really, if the case offers a challenge or a dilemma or a problem to solve, I always say you want to be in the very first minute of class, you want to have a point of view on what the protagonist should do. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's an investment decision, yes or no, at the minute one of class, you should have in mind it sh- whether it's yes or no. And you should be able to support that point of view with facts from the case, analysis that you've run. It might be a connection of business theory to the idea. But it's very easy, and it certainly happened to me plenty when I was a student. You know, you're, you're short on time. You read through the case quickly. Um, you maybe have a half-formed idea of what what the protagonist should do, and you just some people just will show up and hope to develop that idea in class. <laughs> that's not really where you want to be. Um, you you want to have a point of view that's very clear at the outset, um, and the idea is that I that point of view may shift during class based on what other people say, but you want to have a very strong uh, starting point. How do you get there? Which may be more of your question. I mean, I think each person develops, I like to talk about developing a game plan to analysis. There are ways you can analyze these cases systematically so that you always end up with that point of view and you always end up with clear support of your point of view. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting there in the first minute of class and the professor calls on you and says, you know, what should this protagonist do, invest or not invest, you're very prepared to say they should invest and why, what your reasons are, and it's very clear and, and data So um, developing that game plan sometimes takes a little bit of time, but part of it involves looking at multiple issues, right? That's what makes cases interesting. There's not just one issue that you have to look at. You have to look at a few issues in combination. Hmm. So we, we talk to people about identifying the key issues, pulling data from the case on those issues, And then kind of synthesizing that data into a cohesive point of view. It takes some time to learn, but once you get a rhythm for it, um, you're going to be ready at the beginning of class to um, express your ideas clearly.
0: And I can still recall that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes the cases, um, as you said, I remember them being, you know, like you said, it could be a few pages or as long as 20 pages, but they're... I remember there's a lot of um, facts and figures usually at the end of the case. you know. Right. So you read the story and then there's kind of data to support or, or data that you could use. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like sometimes there's data in there that maybe you don't need. And so yes. some of it is, was like weeding that out. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. That's just it. And I think students who have come from a lecture method or textbook method of learning are used to trying to memorize or assimilate as many facts and figures as you can. And as you say, some of that data is much more important than others. And so it is a weeding out process. Mm -hmm. I'd rather walk into class with three or four really good facts that connect to my point of view that I can cite than memorizing. You know, twenty-five facts that are in the case, right? Right. So, so, and that's part of the skill is, you know, what is important. I know from case development, I didn't always love, you know, putting red herrings into cases. I know some case researchers do that. Actually, write in information that will take people in the wrong direction, almost, <laughs> you know, almost intentionally. Uh, and sometimes case researchers will do that. I, I liked the idea that in some pure sense, you just. You just provide as much data that's available to the manager and then let the students sift through and see what's important or what analysis to run. But it is interesting to see what analysis your classmate comes up with. Sometimes you think you've kind of solved it and cracked the case and you show up ready to make your presentation or your answer and someone has a completely different take or they found a data point in the case you didn't even notice and they've built an analysis around it and lo and behold, it looks much better than what you you were able to come up with. And (laughs) that's part of the the fun of it and and something you you learn from each other as you go along.
0: Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you. I know that some of our listeners have probably heard of this mythical uh, thing called a cold call. Yes. Um and you know it, it sort of um it, you know puts fear in the hearts of you know matriculating MBA yes, students. Yes. So do you want to tell us what what is a cold call yeah. and and how, how does like what's its role in the case method?
1: <laughs> yeah. The dreaded cold call, you know, everybody's nervous at the beginning of class, am I gonna get the first call? Um, I usually associate a cold call with that opening of class and it's just when the professor calls on you on, an, on a, without your raising your hand and asks you uh, what your point of view or some aspect of the case. But a cold, it could extend throughout the class where you're just basically in play to answer questions at any point as the, as the discussion evolves. So, I mean, certainly some professors do it more than others some do rely on the old-fashioned raise your hand and volunteer but there are some who almost work exclusively on they're going to call on you as they see fit so it just means you've got to keep pace with the discussion and be ready to weigh in um, at, at any point in time but you know, you definitely wanna at the beginning of class. It might be either what should the protagonist do? That could be the question. Should they invest? Should they not invest? Or what the growth strategy should be? Whatever the question is on the table, and you just lay out your ideas. Um, or it also could be a question around you know, let's just get us started here. Um, you know, what um, what are the general facts of the case? What's what's the dilemma being faced here? Or what's the challenge that these guys are are looking at? So. Um, you know, whether you just kind of have to tee up the discussion or actually evolve towards what your answer to the case would be. I will say there are also, you know, study questions that faculty members typically give out. And those are other questions that are available, but certainly the discussion usually goes well beyond the study questions. So it's, it takes some work to kind of keep pace and always be ready to, to weigh in as you can.
0: Yeah. And I I think one of the things that makes the case method interesting is this idea that you know, you, you sort of have to show up for class with, as you said, a point of view. You've right. got to be ready because in some cases, instructors will just randomly, you know, kind of single people out and ask them for yes. their take. And yes. so I think it does inspire a really good, you know, conversation. And, and obviously the conversation really is, uh, as you said earlier, it's like your the classroom becomes a kind of microcosm of, 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 an enterprise or because people in the classroom all have different, you know, experiences. And, and so, um, yeah, so you gotta be ready for those cold calls. If you're heading off to business school, sometimes you might get called on. And, and if you haven't read the case, then, you know, that's not a, not a good place <laughs> to be. Um, what what other advice do you have like in terms of people being ready to hit the ground running when they start business school and begin encountering you know these cases
1: right um well certainly if you can attend a class you know sometimes during the application process or the revisit process people actually go to class and if you can see a case discussion in action Just seeing it even once or twice can be helpful in starting to understand what goes on and what different roles you might play in the discussion. I think that's useful. Um, You know, certainly if you're in your organization working, thinking outside your own functional area to what are the more challenging questions going on at the top level of the organization, training yourself to think more broadly, because the cases really do um, look at you know challenging questions they tend to be the bigger questions that the senior folks are facing so start to get in get interested in that that point of view um, certainly reading um business publications um can be helpful in in getting some experience with the kinds of decisions reading across industries i mean cases cut across all industries you know sometimes you'll be fascinated by an industry sometimes you won't care at all about it and you still have to trudge through that case so um you know reading widely across industries going outside your functional area um, talking to people you know sometimes before business school just discussing with them what they've been doing for a living and what some of the issues are just you know kind of uh, becoming well acquainted with the kinds of decisions business people and organizations are making is helpful um, you know, people do take a class from time to time, and sometimes and if you do take a class before business school to sort of prep, they'll often be case-based discussions. So that could be an opportunity for people. Um, we actually offer an online resource that I'd recommend that helps prepare people directly for case analysis, where they can analyze sections of a case or even entire cases uh, from HBS and MIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's video video guidance on how to come up with a game plan and so on. But it's usually through indirect uh, experience. And um, I would say people who come from the consulting realm tend to know how to break down problems into component parts and analyze issues and bring data to bear on their uh, discussion and, and learn to communicate uh, that piece. But um, those are just a few things that people can start to do. But for the most part, it's a new, it's a new approach for people. So there is a bit of a learning curve you know, when you get there.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And you know, it's funny, you bring up consulting and you mentioned how, you know, consultants may have a little bit of a leg up because they're sort of used to, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thinking through these types of business problems. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask, I'm going to put you put you a little bit on the spot, but I want sure. to ask you, you know, people talk about when you go off to get a job at McKinsey or, or mm-hmm. Bain or any of the big, you know, consulting mm-hmm. firms that those firms will often use something called a, a kind of case approach to interviewing candidates sure. to decide who gets gets in. And that I believe in those interviews, they're presenting, you know, the candidates with a kind of a business decision yes. or a, a business problem. Right. Um, and so to what extent, like to what extent is there kind of um, if you're really good at, at the case method and, and right. you know, understand how to break down these cases does that translate into success with recruiting at McKinsey and, and all those firms?
1: I would say for sure there's a there's a strong carryover that people who learn to develop case analysis skills in the classroom can apply them to McKinsey and BCG and all the rest. Mm-hmm. The same analytical thinking that you're doing, the same imposing some structure to the question and to your response, uh, the cal- being able to do calculations. In support of your answer, for sure, uh, and being persuasive in in, in your answers, um, I think where it differs, though, and I know McKinsey and other firms have a lot of different ways of doing the case method. There's not just one for them. But you know, in business school, you get, as we said, this 12 or 15 page case. You read through it. It has all this data in it, and you're sorting through that. Um, I think it's much more stripped down in the consulting context where you're just given a problem and often there's no data that it's associated with it or no context even, right? The cases have a lot of context, a lot of data. You're just given the challenge. So you have to really be able to impose a structure on how you'd solve it. And you actually ask for data. Uh, as you go in solving. So you have to ask for the right data. <laughs> in the business school classroom, it's like finding it in the case. Here you need to know what you would need to solve it right. and request it and then use. So it's a, it's a much more stripped down. I, I also think in business school, there's a lot of decision cases. I'd say there's three kind of cases, right? There's a decision case where the proto- protagonist actually has to decide something for his organization or her organization. There can be problem cases where there's a problem, maybe an operational challenge that you have to solve, find the root cause, and and then come up with a solution. And then there's evaluation cases where you're just evaluating maybe something that took place already and trying to learn from that experience. Mm -hmm. In business school, you primarily do decision cases. Those are the most common. And I actually think in the consulting world, there's a fair number of problem cases Mm -hmm. where you have to dig in and find the root cause before you come up with a solution so slightly different orientation that way but you know all these cases are in play and there's certainly a proliferation of case interviewing going on too in the world not just in consulting but uh, it's happening in other industries as well so people who learn to analyze cases and get a basic game plan and understanding how they go about it Can Certainly do it in the interview context uh, down the road. Okay.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense I what I was gonna um, I want to go back to something you said earlier where you talked about an online resource that you all have um, With case study Co. that Mm -hmm. you know, maybe helps people to understand cases And I thought maybe it'd be interesting just to have you talk a little bit about what do you all do? um, At case study co and and particularly, you know as it would apply to someone who's heading off to to business school and maybe looking to be ready to hit the ground running
1: right uh, and so, sure. We, case Study Co. has been around since 2009, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I had worked six years at Harvard Business School beforehand and then started this firm. Um, we The expertise is in case study research and education, uh, as you said earlier. And so we have a couple of different lines of business. Um, one, we've, we develop cases for business schools. We're an outsourced partner. Um, two, we develop case-based consulting projects for organizations hmm. uh, and so a company's facing a challenge we actually capture that challenge in a custom case on their organization and we work collaboratively with the organization to solve their case so hmm. it's just a, a different mode of consulting or sometimes used for executive education uh, and three we have uh, online learning hmm. we do might fit what we think of as efficient micro learning Program, so it's not a full course that you would take online. They're just meant to be, you know, stripped down very efficient videos tools and templates that lead you into a topic like case analysis mm-hmm. um, So those are our kind of three areas of work. Obviously, they're all connected sure, um, but it's been been terrific to work on over the years and we worked with companies across all sectors of the economy, you know major companies IBM, Bose, EMC Corp, Bank of America We've also worked with higher education institutions. Uh, We just did a project with Burberry. Uh, uh, So across industries, uh, we've done some Public space and public sector cases as well. I mean, the, the 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 method of analysis travels well across across sectors. Got it. And so, if I'm an
0: MBA, you know, let's say I've, I've got my several, hopefully, several uh, admissions in hand, and I'm trying to decide where I'm going to go to business school. But <laughs> invariably, as we said earlier, I'm going to encounter cases. It sounds like I could go to the Case Study Co website and yeah. maybe find um, some of these, you know, you you didn't call them courses, but kind of micro learning opportunities to get up to speed and and just helped me, you know, as I said, hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, this thank you for that. The specific uh, link um, URL is MBA dash toolkit. If people go to MBA dash toolkit, they can see what we have available. Uh, to, again, help help them hit the ground running, as you say.
0: Excellent. Um, so, Jim, I really appreciate you. You know, it's been a little bit of a walk down memory lane for me going back to you yes. know, the days where I <laughs> first encountered these kinds of cases. And, sure. I, you know, I still remember when I was applying, I really had no idea what the case method was other than that it was one of the different types of instruction. But yes. I really didn't get a full you know exposure to it until I arrived at business school. And I think it's great that you've been willing to lend us some time so we can talk about this. I feel like anyone who's tuned in today is going to be better suited for, um, you know, be being ready uh, to to face cases in business school and, and maybe beyond, as we hinted with consulting stuff. So really appreciate your time today. And yeah, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Well, thanks very much for having me. I've been at this quite a long time. I still enjoy going into organizations and capturing their cases and working to analyze them. And as you say, working with students to help them get better at this process, which will help them in whatever they do down the line. So Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Graham. Sure. Well
0: said. Uh, So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And please remember to tell at least one person about the Clear Admit MBA admissions podcast. Stay tuned. There'll be more episodes coming. We'll see you soon.